We will need eyes to see. to get you, Barbara. If you're five, 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 then I'm six, 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 six. <laughs> okay. Welcome to the lunch pill, boys. No, I want to I want to keep singing Slipknot. Nope. I'm one of the hosts, TJ Harkness. Also <laughs> on here with me is Skylar. There is no Dana, only Zool Wood. Wood. Bart Fart. It's Bart Fart Knuckle. Yeah. <laughs> say it. Say it right, TJ. Yeah, Zool also pronounced fart, Bart Fart Knuckle. Mm, you're getting me wet right now. Yeah, that wet knuckle. That's that knuckle. Jesus. Also, <laughs> that's what it does. What can knuckles do for you? Also on here is a man who the song Stinkfist was made after. <laughs> Justin Splurton Burton. Mm-hmm. Yep. My fists do smell a little bit. Shoulder deep inside the borderline. Fists and knuckles. Tell me that That's you love erotic. me. We belong together. That's erotic. Is that a song? Think fist. Great as a tool shed. I'm gonna murder you. Yeah. Oh, is that an, is like, that an '80s song? Like a knuckle. <laughs> like a penetrate my asshole for the very first time. <laughs> my grandpa <laughs> called it a stink fist. Yeah. Mm. It's actually just it. a swollen tumor on the end of his dick. Oh. They could have a farting like Comic Con that could be called Stink Fest. <laughs> like a like a flatulent Comic Con. Yep. Or if you have that, the ozone all of a sudden gets depleted and like the the carbon emissions in that area spike. The Comic-Con of farts. Probably produce enough uh, methane to power our vehicles. Just bottle it up. What about a uh, Kamikaze Con? Kamikaze Con. I think Japan ruined that when they started flying planes. I think they they only have one year of that one. Yeah. Wouldn't last. It'd be a blast, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, be dying to get tickets yeah. to that place. It's like that, uh, oh, that, that meme I seen that in Japan, it said, we haven't had temperatures like this. We've never had temperatures like this, and it showed like 101. And then below it, it showed Kermit sweating and the atomic bomb going off. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, oh my god, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, just thinking about it tickles my pickle. Mm. Mr. Pickles. Good boy. <laughs> Burton, how you doing? Uh, that's a touchy subject right now. I'm fucking tired, man. Yeah? Yep. Uh-huh. That's probably the best well, description. Just a okay. basic, I'm fucking tired. Tired? Mm-hmm. Okay. You gonna yep. have sex tonight? No. Tired I don't remember sex. what a vagina... I don't I don't remember what a vagina... But I can't talk, see? You know I'm tired when I can't talk because I normally can barely talk. 
and now I can't talk at all, but I can't remember what a vagina is like. So. Oh yeah, because you haven't had a fuck ton of kids. <laughs> hey, you have people. Alzheimer's. They feel like um like a cat's tongue. It's still been a minute. Like a, like a cat's tongue, like uh, you know, sandpapery, mm-hmm. but also warm. Yeah, I prefer a chameleon though. Like a lizard lizard tongue. Wait, like I don't want to hear it. Shoot. I've gone like now a year without, and I'm. Oh, you've been jerking off to monkey buttholes, though. I, I don't, actually. I'm, usually, I'm way too tired. I'm like, eh, fuck it. Actually, he shared his screen today. It's mammoth porn. Mm. Mammoths. They're resurrecting the mammoth mammoths. Cocks. And they're resurrecting the mammoths, and they're making porn. That's what they're doing nice. now. It's I like Jurassic Park. It's like Jurassic Park, but more erotic. <laughs> it's, it's called Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. <laughs> Jurassic Park, that is good. Uh, Trademark lunch pail boys. Uh, oh you get it. I That's thought right. at first Business. mammoth was like new slang for like a big hairy gay guy. <laughs> Instead of a bear, it's a mammoth. I mean, you know, they both have they both might have uh you know elongated trunks. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, God. <laughs> Zool, how are you doing? They're definitely horny. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I mean, I'm tired too, I suppose. Uh, I felt like someone stink fisting my back, my lower back, most uh, last day or so. Really just grinding Ooh. it in between the mm. vertebrae. Ooh, I but, guess uh, I need to say I'm that. really tired, but you know we're we're here we're here tonight, Zool. So that's all that matters. No, we're here. We're up, and I've had a uh, Modelo. And I've got, I gave John Bon Jovi the night off, and I've got this guy holding my beers. <laughs> winky, the little winky ghost. Nice. Uh, that's oh. what he's called my penis on Halloween. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that's, that's a good, no, that's not stupid at all. That's good. It's just good old fashioned fun. <laughs> Uh, our dick, our dicks, our dicks kind of like our ghosts, though, because you can only see them like when you're laying down at night. Otherwise, no one can see them <laughs> when the lights are out. That's when yeah. it comes out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That's you never see it in the daylight. Ooh, it's dark out. It's time to come out and play. Mm. <laughs> Little winky ghosts come out. <laughs> <laughs> the winky ghost going to come out and make some mischief. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh fuck so so tonight we're <clears throat> gonna be covering probably one of the proto premier conspiracy theorists of I would say the 80s and 90s um, this guy may not be well, too well known now but back in the day he was I would say almost public enemy number one um, so before we jump into this, like when you guys hear of conspiracy theorists, what do you, who do you think of? Any big names? Um, this dude Curtis at work. <laughs> He's a big name. My my dead grandpa was a pretty big conspiracy theorist too. <laughs> I mean, you know, talk about the Is... Mount Rushmore of conspiracy theorists. Uh... Burton's grandpa. Burton's grandpa. Is that not what? Ronald McDonald. 
thought it was a pretty simple answer. <laughs> the butler from Fresh Prince of Bel Air. What the fuck? Yeah. Uh, uh, Ooh, Alex Mal- Jones. Ian Malcolm oh. by far number one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A conspiracy he, uh, theorist. he said there was an island full of dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. He kept going. He kept going back. I fucking hate you now. <laughs> oh my god, you fucking zag nuts. <laughs> so when you talk of conspiracy theorists now, the name that's sort of conjured up is Alex Jones. Um he's probably I would say one of the bigger ones now today. But there's one guy who I would say is Alex Jones sort of modeled his shit off of and got a lot from. Like I said, he's the proto Alex Jones. I would also say he's in he was in deeper shit than what Alex Jones was. And Alex Jones was just taken by the people of Sandy Hook, correct? Alex Jones touched on something I that I feel like uh struck a nerve with the core of what makes us humans. And that is that um you know, we, we don't want to turn the frogs gay. It's true. That's the only thing that he's got up on Bill Cooper. I mean, Bill didn't mention anything about gay frogs. <laughs> so, man who we're talking about is a man who ultimately, who took on the government and ultimately lost and paid the price with his life. Someone whose name is slowly eked into the shit and into the shadows. This man's name is Mil- Milton William Cooper. We'll call him Bill Cooper. That's he, most people mm. called him. Was he Clinton decided? No. Could be. No. <clears throat> no, he was fucking dumbass decided. Yeah, when you pull a fucking the... AK-47 on law enforcement and you shoot one, you're... shots will be returned. And if you're too fat to fucking run fast enough, you will probably we'll just get say. We'll just say Bill often spouted about being willing to die for the the cause, and uh, he did just that. Yeah. Um, so, Mr. Milty, Milton William Bill Cooper, also known as <laughs> Bill Cooper, <laughs> <laughs> got a lot of names. Uh in the late 80s to 90s, Bill's name was synonymous again with UFOs, government conspiracies, and all about, uh, on all around just, you know, distrust for government authority. And so he was a, the author, he's an author, radio broadcaster, um, and as we said, conspiracy theorist. And I'd go as far as to say that he was one of the most influential conspiracy theorists of the 20th and early 21st century. So, like we said, Bill is also an author, and he is known for his 1991 seminal book, Behold a Pale Horse. That was his stairway in to which, heaven. It, yeah. Did you say yeah. I think seminal? Yeah. Like Semen. fluid? <laughs> no, I, seminal, I think, mean influencing... <laughs> Oh, because no, I only know two types of seminal: semen oh and Indians. <laughs> blow, uh-huh. blow, seminal wind. 
blow like you're never gonna blow again. Right? Right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna murder you. No. Yeah. So, so in the book Behold a Pale Horse, it warned of multiple global conspiracies. Just to name a few, um uh it involved extraterrestrial life. But also he described how AIDS is a man made disease used to target blacks, Hispanics, and homosexuals. And a cure was actually made before it was implemented. Huh. And he's also described as a militia theoretician. There's a so, there's a thing. Sounds familiar. So So there's there's that. There's that. And Bill Bill's a great guy. Bill? He was many things. Fish boy? Fish boy. He really helped me out, get me through the mental block. <laughs> I love that movie. But uh so while going through the the research and the reading uh through his book Beyond Behold a Bale, uh, Pale Horse. I would say that Bill was was at best egotistical and bullheaded, and you know he didn't dress the greatest, but who does? Uh, apparently, he had two left feet, which I don't know if is a real thing. How do you have two left but, feet? I don't, I don't know. He's got. Uh, but, he's got so did he have to buy like two pairs of shoes and then get rid of the rights? Yeah, he had to find someone with two right feet and that's make a really deal. Confusing. Yeah, that's tough. <laughs> it's tough. It's you a just... tough life. Man. I mean, really, got to... Just... But of all that, he one thing he was definitely was was batshit crazy. So um, he often got pegged for being, pegged for being a uh, racist and anti-Semite with some of the beliefs that he was spouting, but he definitely made a, an effort. I could say the one feather in his cap that, you know, his beliefs weren't driven by ideology or religion or, um, I guess, uh, trying to talk down at a certain group of people. This was, this was not anything to do with that. It was basically to do with those that were in power and those that were being subjugated by those that were power. Yeah. <clears throat> but that doesn't mean Bill was a likable or a good guy. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of liked him. Listening. The more I listened to him, the more I'm like, yeah, you know, yeah, he's a, I mean, he's a dick. I mean, that's yeah, what I mean by likable. Let's just people have good points, but they're like fucking that. assholes. Some people yeah. like that, TJ. Just because you don't like it doesn't mean somebody else doesn't. And just because you're not likable doesn't mean you're wrong. No, and I didn't mm. say, I just saying, like, he's, he was not like overall. I wouldn't say he was a good guy or a likable guy. Um, yeah, nope. I would get. I would get that. And right now, the reason why I'm woke, we'll talk about later why he's not a good guy. But so, listening to his radio show displays the reason why Bill was hated by so many. Um, I don't know though. Bill may have been okay until he shot and killed a man in the last minutes of his life. Like I said, we'll get into that later this episode. But unlike most of today's conspiratorial writings, Bill, I would say, didn't give a fuck. You know, he didn't fuck around with bigoted 
and racist ideas. Um, that's not to say he's fucking not crazy or fucking bad shit. And let me tell you, when we get into Behold a Pale Horse, which is next episode, there's some fucking crazy ass shit in there. It's all true. Hmm. Yeah, but fucking crazy. <laughs> so. And before me, behold, a pale horse. And the name upon him was death. And hell followed with him. And he had a huge mammoth dick. Something like that. And mammoth cock. a big gravy cock. I love mammoth cocks. <laughs> <laughs> Like most people who develop a fan base, um, there were some crazies that latched on. And Bill was no exception. Prime example, Timothy McVeigh. You may remember him. He's very popular in Oklahoma City. Um, he, uh, one might say that uh, he was the bomb in Oklahoma City. <clears throat> um, and his known associates... Terry Nichols, um, who were fans of the Bills, and uh, behold, a pale horse. I'm not sure what fans of the Bills means. Fans of Bills. <laughs> I'm such an idiot. No, oh, I thought he liked the Buffalo Bills. I thought, I thought he liked the NFL Buffalo fan. Bills, too. I, I fell, man, I fell right through that. Cut the last 14 <laughs> seconds out. <laughs> And known associate, Terry Nichols. They were both big fans of Crazy Mr. Bill and Behold a Pale Horse. Um, uh, TJ told me that he was reading somewhere that McVeigh would catch Bill's radio show frequently. So in this first part, we're going to discuss Bill Cooper's life and dip our toes into his pale horse. And next week, when we release the second part, we will discuss Behold a pale horse and how it may have influenced a subset of political party. So sit back, pour a cold one, throw another log on the fire pit, pull out your bowl, take a hit of the northern lights, and prepare to relax because we've got a doozy. So Bill Cooper was born on May 6th, 1949. Pick up sticks. Pick up sticks. Wait, 1949? Did I say nine? Yeah. <clears throat> Take two. Bill <laughs> Cooper, chapter one. <laughs> All this anticipation's got me nervous. <clears throat> so Bill Cooper was born on the day of May 6, 1943. Pick up sticks. To a Milton V. Cooper, which makes Bill Cooper Milton Cooper Jr., and what the V stood for? Vagina. Velma. <laughs> Velma. Yep. Milton uh, Velma Cooper. Well, and if you thought that was fun, what the hell is his mother's name? Davi? Dovi? Dovi. Dovi? Dovi. I'm going to Dovi. <clears throat> so, uh, mm. born to Milton V. Cooper and Dovi Nell Woodside. <laughs> Cooper. <laughs> Never would leave his woodside. Uh, so they were, uh, he was born in Long Beach, California. <laughs> wow. Bill's father, Milton V., also had served in the United States Air Force and was 
<clears throat> a lieutenant's colonel. <laughs> I hate you. I don't know. Where does the R sound come from in Kurt? Can we, can we side branch to that? Yeah, I don't know. I never understood it either. Yeah, so fine. Lieutenant's colonel when he served uh, in the uh, Air Force. This is sort of when it comes to the formation regarding Bill's early life. Little is known about Cooper's background and education beyond the information he supplied. You know, so some of this shit can be made up. There are some public records that we dug up regarding like his enlistment. So we are able to prove like, oh yeah, secret. He enlists in the Navy, but... But we are able to prove some things, like his enlistment. Um, his records only indicate a period of service in the Navy um, when he was an E-5 sergeant. No. I don't know why it says that, but yeah. <laughs> Actually, I think that's what it says in his book. But anyways, it says E-5. That's what it says okay, in well, his um, Wikipedia page. There's not, a, there's not a sergeant rank in the Navy. so Apparently, he was a well, very petty... Him. Apparently, he was a very petty officer <laughs> yes. in the Navy. Oh, very, wait. Very petty. So he may have been an E-5 in Isn't the he, Air Force? Was he playing Battleship? He was in the Air Force and then Navy. I think he was playing Battleship. I think he's making shit up at this point. Well, <laughs> he's like a dude that's on the fucking, in the airport, wearing shit that he got at fucking the thrift shop. Is there, like, a sergeant in the Air Force? Yeah, there's lots of sergeants, but there's not a rank of sergeant. There's, like, staff sergeant, technical sergeant, master sergeant. Okay, well, anyway, so... um, But the records for, like, his service medals and other stuff will be in the uh, description of the podcast. Milton stated that he graduated from my favorite Japanese restaurant, Yamato High School, in Japan. <laughs> Bill then enlisted. Yes. Bill then enlisted in the Air Force, even though he wanted to be a seaman. Bill suffered from seasickness, which of course would prevent him from being a Navy seaman. Yeah, seaman sickness is um, a real thing. So he decided to go to the Air Force. Um, he attended the lovely Lackland Air Force Base, hotter than fuck, in San Antonio, Texas. And he then went to technical school um, for aircraft missile... Neutralics at Amarillo Air Force Base. Hmm. Which Burton? Do you know what Neutralics is? Yeah, but I never heard of of that in the Air Force. So that's uh, cool. I think it's Panudronics. Yeah, it's Panudralics. Panudralics. I didn't know what it meant. It's like pneumatic mixed with hydraulics. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I that's I'd, pretty cool. I didn't realize that was anything to do with missile neutral. That really doesn't make any sense to me. That sounds made up too. 
That's a uh, super top secret uh, missile technology that uh, only super classified petty officer 5e battleship you sunk it <laughs> would know so i'd, I'd understand uh, why you know like you know most people wouldn't know it yeah uh Amarillo air force base too i think yeah so it that's why i never heard of it it's it didn't it went around very long they closed that base in 1968 pick up sticks so what year did you okay yeah so anyways um so um once he got done at tech school he then got orders to the 495th bomb wing of the strategic air command at shepherd air force base near wichita falls texas which is where i went to tech school really huh? yeah. you and bill yep. like this yeah i'm, I'm I, we're not doing video but i'm yeah they didn't have the bombers <laughs> when i was there uh, um, while he was there, he worked on B-52 um, bombers and KC-135 refueling aircraft and Minutemen missiles. And um, he also gained a security clearance, but it was most likely a top secret clearance. I'll say, don't you have to have like some sort of basic clearance to do that kind of work? We have to have secret to, do, to go to the military to get a cat card, but to I don't know what the Minutemen missiles is, but everything else he just had to have secret. But he might have had a top secret clearance. Oh, that's the Minutemen missiles or the uh, ICBMs. Okay, then he had top secret clearance. After a short stint in the Air Force, Bill joined the Navy in December of 1965. Bill volunteered and was ordered to submarine duty. Mm. He was ordered to the USS Tiru, which at that time I believe was like up in Portland. Um, while on board, Bill quickly made friends. I'm not joking. This sounds like a fucking like some I don't know. So <laughs> it's weird. This is really weird. Bill made friends with a Native American oh named God. Geronimo. <laughs> And a black man named Lincoln. That sounds like a movie on Netflix. Yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> I just imagine I'm like frolicking through like a field that's on top of this like submarine, and there's like daisies and, but, yep. Yeah, so, uh, according to Bill and several other people, uh, the three were inseparable. <laughs> they were so, the three best friends that anyone could have. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh my god how funny so the, me uh, and Geronimo and Lincoln we're like just hanging out we're like how do you do a three way finger thing oh god <laughs> I can't do it it's been a minute since I've done a three way finger thing finger. <laughs> <laughs> that's something you, I think that's something you do in the navy maybe. is it an orgy if you're fingering if three people are fingering each other at the same time does that make it an orgy? Or a it's a finger orgy. What if you use three finger? Wait, what if you use two hands on the same? We call that a Chinese finger trap. Ooh, Ooh. I mean, they might never get out. Yeah, sign me up. That's an interesting concept. I wonder what actually constitutes a threesome. If there's, if no penis enters double vagina, but it's only hand entering vaginas or buttholes, is that a threesome? 
Hmm. Sounds like a, a wasted opportunity. Yeah. Next time I have two guys over, I'm taking advantage. Go for it. Uh, Skyler, you want to go over? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> I'll stay Why here not? with my ghost and my skeleton and little winky ghost. A winky ghost. <laughs> I got my own winky ghost here. Huh. It's no. not gay when it's in a three way, Skyler. Yeah, it's like it's like uh that's a uh, basic math. It cancels it out, really. Two dicks mm-hmm. is like a double negative. Yeah. Three dicks is like uh, basically got one dick, so it's like you're jerking off. Well, then you have Steve's three <laughs> dick policy that comes into effect there too. <laughs> so if you've got three dicks there uh, and you've got two that cancel it and it's one left, then you've only left you've only got one dick. You but don't suck yours. them though, you're good. But it's just yours. It's not gay if it's yours. Yep. I, I touch my dick yeah, all the so time. Me, so I mutual just, masturbation is fine. And I, I mean, just if, figured we just you know if you like, work around gayness. Yeah, I mean, you know, you still do You some work stuff around the anus? Ah. Uh, now TJ, uh, your ass is way too hairy. Now Skyler, he's got that perfect little balloon knot. No, it's hairy. I it's rusty. It's it's rusty and full of fuzz. I wear those special gloves and So the USS Tiru was ordered to Pearl Harbor, so it left Portland for Hawaii. Hawaii. This was where Bill is introduced to the world of UFOs, also known as UFOs. <laughs> he was traveling on assignment from Portland to Pearl Harbor. Bill saw a pewter-colored metal machine flying in and out of the ocean, just splashing around, having fun. It dipped <laughs> in and out of the water. It fly and flung its hair around. And Bill stated... A huge dish rose from beneath the ocean. You're a pretty good, Bill. Yeah. Never heard the man before in my life. <laughs> so as the dish rose, it began to wobble on its axis and then shot up into the clouds. And everyone who observed the impossible craft was amazed and couldn't believe what they had seen. Huh. So... Then a few minutes later, the ship returned, plunging back Big into move. the water. <laughs> Did you miss me? <laughs> splash. Hey. <laughs> the captain was called to the deck to observe the ship. And while, and while on the deck, the captain was able to confirm that they had the craft on radar with the same bearing. The craft repeated what it did before, only to return again. Just... Back and forth, in and out of the water. <laughs> Splish splash, I'm taking a bath. And according to Bill, huh. the craft did this for about about ten minutes straight. Yeah, it's really weird. Um He said it would leave, it would splash, woo, and then come back, woo, woo, woo. And it just kept doing it. Um so the sub made it back to Pearl Harbor where it docked. Once they arrived, Bill was called to, called to the captain's quarters. Um, when Bill entered the room, he observed the captain holding a folder that had in big print on the front of it, Milton William Cooper. 
Bill safely assumed it was a service records. So the captain asked Bill what he saw outside, and Bill responded with, I believe it was a flying saucer, sir. So at that, the captain became pissed. Pissed. And belligerent. He was, he was upset. And he began to threaten Bill with a trip to the brig. And then the captain asked Bill if he saw anything. And old Bill got the hint. Hmm. Bill told the captain, I didn't see a thing. Nope. Nope. Didn't I see all. Are you sure? Did you see anything, Bill? Nope. Didn't mm-hmm. see shit. <laughs> He's the, like, are you tricking me? Should I say yes now? It's like, uh, wait a minute. You sure you didn't see anything? You shouldn't be, Clark. <laughs> <laughs> the captain's frown quickly at this quickly turned into a big old smile and Bill was dismissed from the quarters weird hmm. that was a weird thing to happen um, in 1968 Bill was accepted into the Naval Security and Intelligence School he was going to be an internal security specialist hmm Mm. Me too. Bill's job while he was internal would need the utmost security clearance. Bill was not only responsible for setting up security perimeters and securing buildings, but he was responsible for safeguarding all classified information. So after graduating, Bill was shipped off to Vietnam. While in Vietnam, he heard stories of uh, soldiers on both sides observing weird craft flying through the skies and shooting at them. Which, I'm not going to lie, it sounds fucking cool as fuck. You got Charlie, you know, fucking shooting at you, and then you've got <laughs> motherships flying above you. Mm-hmm. Yep. You're trying not so. to step into a pit of poongies and watching out for the discs that are shooting weirdness at him <laughs> so when these when both sides would shoot at the craft the craft would respond back with some light weapon turning the people like into crispies instantly Ooh. um like the thing so, you get at the bottom of your long john silvers a little like crunchy yep batter <laughs> mm, those are delicious yep. i used to make those those are delicious bill also heard of tales of whole villages going missing after seeing strange craft. There was something Bill heard about um, where two American soldiers were abducted by a craft and people seen it. Um, And they're like, oh, fuck, there goes Jamie and John. Bye. Bye. Have a good time. <laughs> Only they were found a few days later, dead and mutilated. Oh, well, that didn't seem that much fun. Obviously, the government covered that shit up. So, I hope they got laid before they died, though. They were they, they were found with big smiles on their face. So, yeah, I think so. Anal probing went really well. <laughs> <laughs> so now, by the end of the Vietnam War, while working. In naval intelligence, Cooper served on a briefing team of 
for Admiral Bernard A. Clary. Now, this is where Bill would receive his highest, highest clearance, Clarence. Top secret magic restricted. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know anything about clearances and shit. No. It sounds like Magic the Gathering. <laughs> so this gave uh, old Bill uh, access to hundreds of documents about aliens and the government, plans for the New World Order, the Kennedy assassination, and many other secrets. Namely, uh, the colonel's mysterious herbs and spices. So Bill would later <laughs> go on to claim that these, uh, that he would take these classified documents and make copies of them and sneak them out in his lunch pail. <laughs> oh! Huh, you think he's one of the boys? Was that intentional? Yeah. Oh. I mean, it's a true story, but they called it lunchbox. I was like, hmm, let's I call get it a lunch pail. I get it. I finally get it. There's After. a lot of Johnny Cash plagiarism in this story. <laughs> I got it one piece at a time, and it didn't cost me a dime. I know why those UFOs mm. are probing your butt. Mm. <laughs> that was the original lyrics he took from yep, Bill Cooper's. Them. Changed them. He made them about a car, but it's really about aliens sticking something in your ass. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> there were many skeptics who doubted that Bill actually had these documents. And he claimed that he had them in his garage. Subsequently, those doc that garage Conveniently. Then, that garage then burned down, and all the documents were lost. So, hmm. you know, the Great Squirrel Garage Fire of 05. Yeah, those squirrels got in there looking for nuts. In 1975. Bill was discharged from the military. <laughs> he was attempting to leak information to a reporter. So Bill was then visited by what some may describe as the man in black. That's the man in. That's the man in. Do you think do you think Will Smith do you think Will Smith came to his He is a came? galaxy defender. That's his... Chevy Chase. Chevy Chase was the original Men in Black. Mm -hmm. It was seventy five. The Man in Black. Yeah, yeah. It might be. Um, it might still be Johnny Cash, because he is. It's true. Son of a bitch. Black. It's even more plagiarism. God damn. <laughs> God bless it. He came in anyway. So he came on a pale horse. He got it one piece at a time. Now there's Men in Black. Bill states. I was forced off a cliff by a black limo in the hills of Oakland. Two men got out and climbed down to where I were. I can't talk. Two men got out and climbed down to where I lay covered in blood. Oh. One of the men bent down to check Mr. Cooper's pulse. The man who didn't check his pulse asked if Bill was dead. The one checking the pulse said, No, but he will be. To which the other replied, 
Good, then we don't have to do anything else. <laughs> so both men climbed up, <laughs> left fucking Bill right there, and drove off. Uh, after a while, Bill would climb up out of the vehicle, up the bank, and wait for somebody to pass by. So Bill recouped from that injury. And then a month later, another accident happened with the same fucking limo. So apparently this limo's just driving around fucking city waiting for Bill. <laughs> I mean, he's going to keep away from limos. And this, <laughs> and this incident, Bill lost his leg. So while in the hospital, the same two men as before that checked on him, you know, visited him. Wait, they told so Billish. Hmm? So, so now he only has one left foot. <laughs> yep. Finally, nice. He has a normal number of left feet. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, when they visit him, they basically told him to shut the fuck up and don't say anything about it. Um, Bill did the, you know, oh, what they do in the cartoons where they cross their finger. He's like, oh, I'm not going to. I won't say anything. I'm afraid. When the guys left, Bill uncrossed his dick with his other one because he's got two dicks. He's got two of everything. God damn. Yep. And uh, <laughs> he decided he would be like, blah, 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 sing like a bird later. Never heard a bird sound like that. <laughs> that's, that's probably the scariest fucking bird. Imagine going outside in the morning and you go, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, just, oh, fuck. Cheap, 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 cheap. Oh. oh god. Not that bird again. <laughs> That's Carlos the weird bird. Just ignore him. Is that a bird? No, look up in the tree. It's just a naked man. <laughs> he thinks he's a bird. He thinks he's a bird. <laughs> should I call the should we call somebody? Nope, just let him be. I'll bring some bread out for him later. Yeah, I'll get you just be glad he's not in the bird bath. <laughs> oh, so he's sitting there splashing around naked. <laughs> That's real disturbing. No, because he's still making the weird bah, 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 bah. gargling and God. eating bird seed. I'm picturing this too much. <laughs> Please Fuck. take a moment to reflect and think about this in graphic detail. So, oh, William, he then attended junior college in California and began working for several technical and vocational schools before making his conspiracy theories known. Beginning in 1988, Bill was living his life doing his thing. In the spring of 1988, he saw a magazine that made reference <laughs> to a highly contested Majestic 12 document discovered by a research group that consisted of Bill Moore, Jamie Shandera, and the man, the myth, the big swinging dick legend, the only ufologist to report having rug burn on the bottom of his cack. <laughs> Mr. Stanton Freeman. Woo! 
Yeah, the man. The man. <clears throat> so, just to refresh your memory, Bill Moore is the prominent UFO researcher who you may remember from uh, fucking around with Pill... Pill? Paul Benowitz. Um, when we did the... Uh, oh, the Dulce episode... I think is like episode 21. It's back there. Yeah, Bill Moore and uh, Richard Doty. Uh, Bill Moore was the author, and Doty was the individual feeding Bill Moore the shit. So, yeah, Jamie Shandera, I, he's, a, I would call a half-wit documentarian. He's done a few documentaries. Not very good. So, and then there's, shouldn't be any refresher needed for uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Stanton Friedman. Who's that? I'm going to murder you. (laughs) If you gain anything from us on this show, it should be that Stanton Friedman is a man among children, especially in the ufology field. Um, Stanton is a well, was a nuclear physicist and well-known author and UFO investigator. You know, you're a pretty harsh critic on these poor guys and their documentaries, TJ. No, Jamie Shannon, if you watch his documentary, you'd be like, oh my fucking God. I watched it. I thought it was superb. Genius. He's got several. I would have. You're like, I watched it. No, there's several. Name one. Name one. I don't think we're not that memorable, so I don't... Watched man. it. Man from Taco Mountain. <laughs> oh, fuck. That's See? my favorite. That's the best. Watched it. Birth of Taco Bell. I'll give it a 10. <laughs> 10. 10 Winslows. 10 yep. Winslows. I give it 4 out of 5 butt cums. That's a good butt cums rating. God, we are all fucking stupider than three dogs fucking a cat tonight. <laughs> Speaking of three dogs fucking a cat, at least TJ's not dropping the R word over and over again. Uh, oh, rent? Yeah, rent. About how you want to rent everything? Mm. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to rent uh, you so hard. God damn. Yeah. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> I'm going to rinse you so hard, you're going to have to get the police to evict me. (laughs) I'm I'm fucking moving into your apartment. You know what I mean? I'm going to squat on you. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That has nothing to do with what we're talking about. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to invite my parents over for dinner. (laughs) Yep. You nailed that one, Burton. I'm proud of you. Uh, in 1988, Cooper gained attention in the ufology circles when he made a claim to have seen secret documentation while in the Navy. He described governmental dealings with extraterrestrials, a topic on which he expounded in Behold a Pale Horse. 
Ufologists later asserted that some of the material Cooper claimed to have seen in the naval intelligence documents were actually plagiarized, much like the Johnny Cash stuff in this <laughs> report thingy by Cooper from their own research, including several items that the ufologist had fabricated as pranks. Um, Don Ecker of the UFO magazine ran a series of exposés on Cooper in 1990. So they set him up. Son of a bitch. Now, after observing Stanton uh, and his majestic document dump. Hmm. Uh, His dumps were majestic. You know, very few people can say that, but Mr. Friedman could. But uh, so, yeah, uh, after observing the majestic dumps of Mr. Friedman, which Bill said were fake, he also had some not no nice things to say about Mr. Stanton Friedman as well. Things uh, this podcast would never say about one of our favorite and the most glorious and beautiful ufologists. (laughs) You know, I was okay with Bill. You know, the killing the guy and the being a douche. And then he starts talking shit about Stanton Friedman. That's that's it. That's a line in the sand. Drew the line. Yep. You know, say what you will about Bill Clinton. Say what you will about, you know, well. And then later... He also mentions another hero of mine, which I'll wait till later so I don't get all worked up right now. Pretty good. But so after this, Bill began to collect his information, prepare for dissemination. The nineties seemed to be a real busy time for Bill. Um, oh, he started, I believe, in the nineties to do the lecture circuit, and then in nineteen ninety one, he wrote and published "Behold a Pale Horse." And then in 1992, he started his shortwave radio show, which lasted until the November of 2021 when he died. Wait. Did say 21? 2001. Did I say 21? I don't know. I mean, I just mm-hmm. said 21. It kind of glitched. So, sound like R2-D2 getting bebopped by <laughs> C3-P-Neuro. <laughs> so yeah so it, it, I, it, it's worth i maybe mentioning i don't know that this wasn't like um a radio broadcast that you pick up in your car it wasn't am it wasn't fm this is what's called shortwave radio which actually is um actually interesting enough it is something that uh well let me just give you a little uh little quick little thing here uh about the uh uh uh, shortwave radio um, it ties into a past thing we talked about shortwave radio the band can actually be reflected or refracted from a layer of electrically charged atoms in the atmosphere called the if you listen to the last episode we did before the clown episode the ionosphere <gasps> the same uh, the same section of the atmosphere that harp actually manipulates and discombobulates mm. so it is my assertion here tonight that harp was 
brought around to shut up Mr. Bill Cooper. <laughs> there it is. There's my conspiracy. Oh, fuck. So, anyway, the radio show that Bill did on the shortwave was uh, called The Hour of the Time, which aired from a studio he built in his house. Cooper sent his show via audio cassette, satellite patch, and or direct telephone link to WWCR in Nashville, where it was broadcast by the station's 10, 10, 100,000 watt shortwave transmitter. The show, Is that a big transmitter? Yeah, it's pretty, that's sizable. Most, uh, I would say their biggest um, outside of, except, I don't know, outside of like experimental or I don't know, special circumstances, 50,000. So 100,000 is pretty, but it's a short wave. So it's, it's um, not to get into it, but yeah, it's uh, much, takes a lot much more power to propagate that kind of. Uh, radio wave but anyway so anyway uh the show was from midnight to 1 a.m five nights a week at the height of cooper uh his show was picked up by 600 fm stations so uh, take that back it was actually broadcast over radio that you could pick up in your car but initially not but uh, and Cooper was also published in a political newspaper called the Cadgi News. Cadgi. Cadgi. Cadgi News. Cad. Haji. Cadgi. So. Bless you. And uh, I think we're going to actually uh, we're going to dive into. This is what you'd hear if you tuned in at midnight from mid at midnight uh, on some six hundred radio stations in the United States here during the reign of Mr. Bill Cooper. It's real feel good. makes you feel Boy, there's a lot of dogs yeah really makes you feel good about uh what you're about to get into there mm-hmm. so cooper broadcasted uh conspiracy theories on the waco siege in february of 93 and he believed that um that had been the opening battle in a new civil war. Hmm. Uh, at that time, Cooper was only on for a couple of months. Um, we are going to do part two series on Waco. So we won't go too deep into that right now. Definitely a take that didn't age well. As far as the <laughs> civil war opening battle thing, I guess. Maybe. I just wonder who side Iron Man was on. Ooh. 
Robert Downey Jr. I was there. It was the Purge. Oh, nice. Uh, now I'm spilling uh, dog shit, and there's not a dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? I think that means you're having a stroke. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> or he's starting to get the shine. Yeah. Yeah. Boy's got to shine. <laughs> Uh, I spell dog shit. I know there's something bad gonna happen. <laughs> Not the fact that you sat in it or standing in it, but something bad's happening. Oh, yeah. Have you looked in your chair? You know, like, like old dog shit, like that white dog like shit. Been, uh, that weird. Yeah, but it's been it's been there for a while, so it's got kind of that like musty, old <laughs> shitty smell. I don't know that. Well, I, actually, I do. I've been into plenty of houses with old dog say, shit. Just imagine, like, you're walking into a bedroom and there's, like, piles of dog shit. It's been there for, like, six months. I keep getting that smell. Wafting, hmm. wafting. Reminds me of my childhood. <laughs> uh. On, uh, so... <laughs> So on uh, February 28th, 1993, hundreds of agents from the Bureau of Alcohol, Firearms, and Tobacco, we like to call that the Bureau of We Like to Party. <laughs> Wait, F- wouldn't that be ATF, Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms? Oh, it's F. 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 AFT. Did I say Firearms, Tobacco, <laughs> or Tobacco, Firearms? Yeah, I wrote it wrong. <sighs> Aft. Mm-hmm. Yep, well, you know what we mean. The uh, bureau that likes to party. Raid of the <laughs> Branch Davidian compound in Waco, Texas. The AFT, also known as the ATF, had reason to believe that the Branch Davidians had stockpiled a variety of salt, wep- uh, salt rifles and machine guns. And also killer guitar riffs. <laughs> because Kar- David Koresh liked to fucking rock. Uh, <clears throat> they were sus- His rock is like a 15 year old he's going to bang that uh, night, yeah. though. That's the only issue. It's like, uh, it's like oh, the cool pastor. It's like the cool youth pastor pretending he's into like rock. But it really is just. Well. Hopefully that cool youth pastor ain't trying to, to bang the 12 and 14 year olds. Sometimes they are, man. Sometimes uh, they are. There were suspicions. Yeah, more times than not. <laughs> there were suspicions, later proven correct, that cult leader David Koresh had married underage members of his sect. Now, when officers arrived to execute the warrant, a firefight erupted. Four federal agents and six Branch Davidians were unalived (laughs) work on a quick side note there's actually no such thing as assault rifles that's a made-up political term i have an assault i just had to make that plug taco i have an assault taco also shoots a lot of meat out it's it's black Mm. wait So, after the deadly interaction, the federal agents pulled back. Um, For weeks, they sat outside the Mount Carmel Center 
and an uneasy standoff. I'd say an extremely uneasy standoff. Um, so the hour of the time began to cover the Waco events on March 30th, just as the standoff was growing increasingly tense. Here's a quote. <laughs> Here's a quote from Cooper's coverage of Waco. They are fighting for the creator endowed rights. They have committed no crimes. They know what the sound of battle is. They know what it's like to see their friends or relatives die in their arms or at their feet. They know what it's like to have wounded and be refused medics, medicine and medical treatment, medic medicine. <laughs> Cooper said, Oh yes, we are at war. Make no mistake about it. So once the raid was completed and Waco ended, Cooper states, The second part of the American Revolution has come to an end. <laughs> Nice, nice switch up. So Cooper told his listeners in the days after the siege, mm, "Folks, we have lost, and you're next." God damn it, Burton! Let's stick with one. I don't know. I've heard him, I've heard Bill kind of morph between uh, I don't know normal I'm voice, sorry. and he eventually ends up as Yoda. Or maybe I just had to bang from. I just had to throw you a wrench here. Okay, folks, we lost, and you're next. Jesus fuck, that's some beer shit. Yeah, bleak. Cooper would obsess over Waco in the weeks and months and years to follow, and according to the Daily Beast. <laughs> Oh, I got to do my own fucking voice here? Yep. A beast voice. Let's see. What's a daily beast voice sound like? The hour of the Sounds time. Sounds like a hipster. The hour of the time became a core vector for misinformation that would plague the story for years. That the FBI had set the fires and that the federal agents denied medical care. That ATF agents had executed Branch Davidians that the media had been tipped off about the planned raids. His DIY intelligence service supplied flimsy evidence for his grandiose claims. In one interview with attorney Linda Thompson, who had become one of the loudest voices for the Waco conspiracy, she explained Washington had planned a big massacre. Thank you, President Obama. From the beginning. <laughs> what the fuck? So, <clears throat> Cooper had grown significantly since, like, uh, his popularity had grown significantly since the early 90s and had caught the eye of one man who had a big boner for him. This mm. man was Alex Jones. Oh. Boner. Well, was Ronald McDonald. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So Cooper would go on to Alex, or Cooper went on to Alex Jones's show one time. Uh, but Bill, being super fucking paranoid, 
about everybody distrusted Alex. This was in the early radio days of Alex Jones. Uh, the friendship would shortly sour, and both would have their own pissing matches later on, which we'll discuss that in a few minutes. Yeah, Bill joined him shortly. Uh, Bill joined Alex's show shortly after Waco, but that was about the extent of their cross-pollination of conspiracy-minded gobbledy gonads. Gook? No, I'm not going to say that. (laughs) But, now, some of the reasons why Bill did not go on was, again, due to his untrusting nature, believing everyone was spreading misinformation. Everybody except him, of course. Especially competing radio personalities. So, Bill had also caught Alex in some lies. Um, In the year 2000, Bill Cooper took on Alex Jones over the air. Bill was a real-life, true-believing, red-blooded American conspiracy theorist, and Alex Jones was just a common liar (laughs) showman. On New Year's Eve, Alex Jones spread misinformation on his show. He stated that there was a bank, that there were bank run cash machines in Europe and they were running out. Power was being shut off and a nuclear plant in upstate New York had shut down. Alex blamed old Vladimir Putinani for this, calling him a creature of the IMF. (laughs) International. Monetary fund, which is sort of the farthest thing from the truth. Now, say how far has he come from that? He's like the uh, the antithesis, mm-hmm. anyway. Uh, so, I'm not sure if Alex was trying to instigate a riot, stir up ratings, or just scare the shit out of everyone. So, Bill Cooper responded by saying that Alex Jones, what he did was a false flag operation, which is funny because that's what Alex Jones says about everything else. Um, Hello, pot. So, stating Alex Jones wanted to incite a riot, later saying he works for the CIA, which that is Bill's go-to thing. Oh, he works for the CIA. Um, And his only real job, Alex's only real job, is to spread disinformation. Hmm. Um... Like I said, they both were like in a pissing match. Jones would later respond to the smear campaign. You know, saying like uh, Bill Cooper stinks and he's got a narrow ureti. Smells like dog shit. (laughs) Smells like dog shit. Hank, you got a narrow ureti. Why does he smell like dog dog shit? Ah, it's Alex. Speaking (laughs) of smear campaign. So. (laughs) (laughs) So. In 2001, Bill responded on a show, and we'll play this clip. We got a little clip here. It's it's a few minutes, so we'll see. We'll see how long we want to delve. Dun, dun. 
You're listening to the Hour of the Time. I'm William Cooper. Good evening, folks. Before we get started, I have to clear up a little little discrepancy here. Apparently the other night, or within the last week, because I've been getting a lot of email about this, and I even received one telephone call. Apparently somebody called the Alex Jones broadcast and asked them, asked him why he didn't have me on the air or asked him something about me. <coughs> Alex Jones said he had had me on the air once before, several years ago, and had to cut me off the air because of the foul language that I used. So on the air tonight, I'm going to tell you, Alex Jones, you are a bold-faced, miserable, stinking little coward liar. Hmm. Sounds like he likes him. Aww. Now let me say that again so there's no mistake about it. You can all tell Alex Jones that I said this, and I suspect he's listening because he does. Alex Jones, you are a bold-faced, stinking, rotten, little coward liar. <laughs> little stinky butt. You got a little stinky face. I was only on the Alex Jones show one time. It was years ago when I didn't know who he was, when I didn't uh, realize what a liar and a coward and a sensationalist bullshit artist that he is. He was on one little FM station down in Texas. He wasn't on all the stuff that he's on now. And I agreed to be on his broadcast. That's when I was doing guest appearances on broadcast years ago. I was not cut off. I did not use any kind of foul language whatsoever. He treated me very well. And I stayed on for the whole show. Some of you in Texas... Know that that's true because you heard the broadcast and you taped it. Later when I found out who Alex Jones was and what he was doing to the truth and how what a cowardly liar and sensationalist he really is, every time he called me after that, I have always refused to appear on his broadcast, absolutely refused to lend him any credibility whatsoever by appearing on his broadcast. And that made him very angry. Alex Jones, get angry. I've also revealed him for the <laughs> lying, sensationalist, bullshit artist that he is. <laughs> by every once in a while bringing to your attention the lies and the deceit and the rumors that he spreads over the airwaves that are not good for any of us. And they're not good for the nation. They are especially not good for militia and patriots. The most disgusting broadcast he ever did was on uh, New Year's Eve, the year 2000, the New Year's Eve, 1999, bringing in the year 2000, in which he went completely out of his mind and claimed that Russia had launched intercontinental ballistic missiles with multiple warheads at the United States of America and actually panicked millions of people who were putting their children and their belongings in their cars and heading for the hills. Is that real? Did Alex? Yeah. <clears throat> now, there's lots of things know. that can be said about me. Nobody needs to lie about me. <laughs> Sometimes I am irritating. 
Jesus fuck. And that okay. not mince words, but hey, you know what? I will say one thing. I'll say one thing about Bill Cooper. Uh, you know, he might be Kurt, he might be he might be a lot of things, but he uh, he is definitely self-aware. <laughs> he knows uh... he knows he's an asshole. I don't think he's as self-aware though. No, he, he he knows he's somewhat rude, but he doesn't. I don't know. What if? What if? What if? I mean, what if? Uh, what if he's right about everything, and he's just telling it like it is? <laughs> and everyone that Ugh. that comes out against him, maybe Alex Jones is a fucking CIA misinformation specialist. I think that could be. Uh, the f- I would believe the that are gay. if he didn't label everybody that went against him as CIA. Yeah, right. I know <laughs> that's, that's true though. Cause he's right. And everyone else is coming against him because they're CIA stooges. So now we've got that battle sort of taken care of. I wanted to, I wanted us to talk a little bit about something big that happened. Darren Cooper, outside of Waco. So this would be the second big thing that happened during... Waco uh, is what he kind of like started his career off with. Yeah. Yeah. This one, like, he was already getting big, but this jumped his popularity out there big time. So, and this will be the Oklahoma City bombing. All right. So on the morning of April 19th, 1995... A former soldier and security guard named Timothy McVeigh parked a rental truck owned by the company named Ryder in front of the Alfred P. uh, Mura Federal Building in downtown Oklahoma City. And inside of this rider vehicle was a powerful bomb made out of a deadly cocktail of agricultural fertilizers diesel fuel and uh, some other chemicals it might have been um the 11 herbs and spices (laughs) herbs and spices not all of them but just a few of them the deadly ones the deadly herbs and spices. It's the salt and pepper really set this off. No, no, no. They left the salt. Uh, very, yeah. No salt and pepper, but paprika. Oh, fuck. Paprika. Yeah. <laughs> it made a nice aroma. <laughs> so McVeigh got out, locked the door of his vehicle, and headed towards his getaway car, both, but not before igniting the timed fuse, one time fuse, and then another. And then precisely at 
At 9.02 a.m., the bomb exploded. The damage was devastating, and 168 souls were lost, including 19 children with several hundred more injured. And it was, at that time, definitely one of the worst acts of homegrown terrorism in the nation's history. Which we aren't going to cover uh, very extensively at this point because uh, sometime down the line we're going to go into it and all the ins and outs and the strains on old Duder's head. So, yeah, we'll do an actual series on <clears throat> OKC bombing. So it's pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure the Clintons will get brought up a few times during <clears throat> that one. Yeah. So now let's rewind prior to the Oklahoma City bombing um, on November 21st, 1994, several months before it, Mr. Cooper, Bill, mm. issued a call to arms um, stating militias should be ready. He said to, quote, fight a war within six months. In October of 1995, after the bomb, he told listeners, quote, you're going to need some bullets. You're going to need some guns. Hmm. Notice he didn't say well, you needed fertilizer and other chemicals. <laughs> <clears throat> On September 13th, 1990 of six, Mr. Cooper was contacted on the phone by an FBI agent and they spoke for around 30 minutes about his possible involvement with the OKC bombing. Um, and then another interview was conducted on September 23rd at a rest stop area outside the town of Springerville, Arizona. So I want to say, cause I didn't, I forgot to put it in there, but <clears throat> the reason why they came to Cooper. So he said those things. He said that before, um, OKC bombing, right? They also, Timothy McVeigh, um, had a copy of, oh, a book, I think, or as a documentary, I can't remember, um, that Bill had involvement with involving Waco. No, it was a videotape that Bill recorded, almost like a documentary that talked about Waco. What was that? Sorry. Mm. Bill... Uh, Timoth Timothy McVeigh bought a copy uh, of a documentary that Bill Cooper did on Waco. Mm. I was going to say, I keep, every time we say Mr. Cooper, it makes me, um, mm. it makes me realize that, uh, that Bill missed a, I think a very obvious title for his radio show, which would have been hanging with Mr. Cooper. <laughs> oh my God. But I don't know if. I don't know if it would have been out by then or not. Sorry, I was trying to figure out when Hanging with Mr. Cooper came out. And um, I know now that Hanging with Mr. Cooper, the television show uh, on ABC, came out September 22nd, 1992. So, hmm. <laughs> he could, it was right there. He could have grabbed it. He yeah. He could have grabbed it. But anyway, uh, the FBI is questioning wasn't anything 
out of line. It was a fairly straightforward interview. The FBI asked if either McVeigh or Nichols reached out to him, and Bill had stated that he had hadn't to the best of his knowledge that they hadn't to the best of his knowledge. Bill did state that in November of '94, though, that two young white males made an unannounced visit uh, to his visitor center in St. John's, Arizona. He has his own visitor center. Yeah, I, I couldn't. I wasn't able to find pictures of it or anything, so <clears throat> I'm assuming it's probably a room off his house. Yeah, like, yeah, that's what I mean. It's like he just showed up in his living room. But Grandma, get the fuck out! Yeah, you're, yeah, Grandma, you're in the visitor center. Like this is the bathroom. <laughs> anyway, Cooper stated that the males resembled the initial composite sketches right after the bombing, though he could not uh, could not recall the names of the two men. So also Bill stated that the initial bombing, they showed these composite sketches of these two guys. And then later they changed the composite sketch to look more like McVeigh and Nichols. So Bill went on to say that the two men that came to his visitor center did most of the talking and attempted to recruit him into their cause. Uh, They stated that they agreed with his political message, you know, and his, uh, his philosophy, but they just didn't believe that he was uh, willing to take it far (laughs) enough. (laughs) Sorry. Take it to the limit. One more time. (laughs) Sorry. So (laughs) Bill disagreed and stated, you know, he was a big proponent of, Nonviolent, resi- nonviolence, and remaining legal. <clears throat> so the second guy stated that more action was needed, and Bill again said, "No, nonviolence." No, dog. no. So they then tried to offer him, you know, will you guys, will you join us? And Cooper, Bill Cooper declined, and the guys walked out to their vehicle. Uh, when they walked out to their vehicle, oh, the first guy walked back to the trunk and asked Bill to come here. He had a book. I can't remember the book's name, but apparently it's a pretty fucking racist book. And Cooper's like, why do I want that fucking piece of shit book? I think it racist and anti-Semitic. Um, which it's funny because Bill actually had a copy of that book, too. <laughs> but Bill declined said, I don't need that fucking shit. And the guys left. When the two guys were pulling off, one of the men uh, reached out the window and yelled, watch Oklahoma City, and drove off. Bill didn't think anything about it. It's crazy. Mm. Yeah. Wait, hold on. So he may have actually spoken with, though. With those two. Possibly spoke with McVeigh and Nichols prior to that. It certainly would seem that way. Yeah. Um, in July of 98, an arrest, <clears throat> an arrest warrant was issued for Bill. He was listed as a major fugitive by the U.S. Marshals. The warrant was for years of tax evasion. Um, but Bill, Bill believed he was being personally targeted by Mr. Bill Clinton, former president, and the IRS. 
I think he's actually president at the time, wasn't he? The 98? Yeah. yeah. Pretty yeah. sure. Um, nobody was willing to serve Cooper with the warrant. According to Bill, allegedly a, a U.S. Marshal came up to his door and attempted to serve him. And Bill said, get on out of here. Leave my property. Get. 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 And the marshal did. <laughs> uh, uh, and I think we're going to get into this maybe in one of the kind of supplementary episodes, but there is a nice exchange between Bill and a, list, a caller. Uh, <laughs> I think the caller asked Bill, like, why Bill hasn't been arrested. Anyway, it's, it's, it's funny, but um, <clears throat> we'll get well, into that. And also to take it a little bit farther, that marshal stood in the middle of the road and shouted to Bill. <laughs> like they talked like that. They shouted back and forth. Come on, Bill. Which But he on, said man. Bill said that the guy that the, the US Marshal didn't have jurisdiction. And uh where he lived and I'm like, I'm pretty sure the US Marshal has jurisdiction anywhere, know you know. He's a sovereign mm. on sovereign land. Oh he loves dicks <laughs> inside him. Cooperland. Cooperland. Welcome to Cooperland. I got the visitor center here next to the next to the toilet. <laughs> you don't believe me? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> it's a rest stop. I got the rest stop, the Cooperland rest stop here off of uh, they're like the highway. <laughs> look, God damn it! Bill's back in the restroom with his fucking pamphlets. He's got his coffee maker back he, he here. Frank, get him out of there. No, he's crazy. With two guys talking about Oklahoma for some reason. I don't get it. It's weird. <clears throat> so the federal agents knew where Bill was. Bill was not shy to announce via his radio show where he lived. <laughs> and uh, I, de- I definitely believe that most of the policing agencies felt that Bill was best left alone at that that time if he wasn't causing really any like direct harm to anyone they were also afraid uh, that he would be willing to open fire on those who attempted to serve serve a warrant which might have been somewhat prophetic considering bill stated that on the show several times that he would die for what he believed in and that isn't something uh, and that isn't something that should have been doubted by bill they, uh, the sheriff's department and local law enforcement, and obviously the U.S. Marshals knew he lived up there. And he had, he was a federal warrant or a federal fugitive, and he got away with it for three years. <clears throat> I mean, what else does that say? Like, then they're scared to fuck with him. They're a bunch of bitches. Are they afraid Man. of his following? I don't know. I don't know how many people were listening to it's his something. show. I mean, or yeah. I mean, I think maybe local law enforcement just didn't want to fuck with him because they knew if they went up there, they were going to bring the heat. And they or or if you want to go from the total conspiracy th- th- uh, point of view, is he better left alive, spouting stuff that maybe the majority of people see as insane or risk mm-hmm. him becoming a martyr by bringing him in or killing him. Yeah. But anyway, who knows? On June 28, 2001, 
Cooper watched a, I think it was Dateline or Nightline um, show where the reporter actually went up to Osama bin Laden in like one of his caves and interviewed him um, at his hideout in Afghanistan. Uh, Cooper, that, like that was legit, that happened. So Cooper claimed that bin Laden would soon be blamed for a major attack on a large U.S. city. Whoa. He immediately... Well, and then it happened, right? And after the attacks on September 11th, he predicted that the U.S. would soon be at war with maybe two, maybe three countries. In late October 2001, Cooper pulled a gun on his neighbor (laughs) for trespassing. Um, Apache County Sheriff deputies issued a, an arrest warrant for charges to include aggravated assault with a deadly weapon and endangerment. On November 5th, the Sheriff's Department attempted to arrest Cooper at his Egger, Egger suit, Arizona home. <laughs> Sugar water. And water. The uh, law enforcement were scared of what Cooper might do if they attempted to serve the warrant at his home, so they concocted a plan to lure him away from his home. We gotta, we gotta get him. We gotta get him out of the visitor center. <laughs> Chili nachos last night. He's gonna be in there all day. Um, <laughs> so lure him away from his home. So, so the two two deputies sat on the road that leads to Bill's house. Bill's house was the only home on this part of the road. So basically it's his driveway. Now, uh, Bill could also see who was driving up the road from a good distance. So that day, I can't remember if it was day or evening, Bill observed a vehicle parked on the road. Um, I would have said suspicious vehicle, but Bill fucking was a paranoid motherfucker. So, Anybody, you know, on that road or even possibly driving behind him was suspicious. <laughs> um, Bill left the house armed with an AK-47, <laughs> thinking it was a bunch of punks he was going to scare off. Bill pulled up and realized it wasn't a bunch of punks um, and immediately thought something fishy was afoot. Bill turned around. And as soon as he turned around and started driving off, the deputies turned on their lights. So I'm assuming it was maybe like an undercover car. So Bill sped up and made it home. Got out of the vehicle, carrying his AK-47. After after an exchange of gunfire, Cooper shot one of the deputies in the head. And then Cooper was fatally shot. Bill had always stated that he was willing to die for his beliefs, and on November 5th, he did. Dun, dun, dun. So, this is where we're going to leave you tonight. Um, The next episode, we're going to discuss, like I said, Behold a Pale Horse, which will go into a lot. It'll be, I think, a lot funner episode, um, which it'll cover a wider assortment of such Weird shit such as alien treaties, government groups, anal leakage, which Burton specializes. <laughs> Hemorrhoid leakage. And it's like the ult- ultimate conspiracy tie-in. Yeah. Well, and then also, if Stanton Friedman is the biggest ladies' man in all of ufology. So oh, that's, 
Hopefully you guys... Conspiracy, that's the truth. What do you guys think so far? Um... It's a lot to take in, I guess. But I'm gonna try to figure out. Pretty cool. I'm gonna try to figure out how to get at a visitor center, um, <laughs> in my bathroom. <laughs> so, Bert, you said it's a lot to take in. Try reading fucking "Behold a Pale Horse." Mm. Holy shit! Um, I've read a lot of dry shit for this podcast. I think that's. It's taken me almost. Oh, we've been playing this maybe five, six weeks, right? A month and a half, two months? At least. Seriously, yeah. Yeah. And I've had this book since oh. then. And I've I would read three hundred pages. And be like, what the fuck did I just read? Go back and read it again. That's not how you read every book. I think Is that just me? Well no, I this I like I ended up reading the first three hundred pages maybe two or three times and then skimming over it. And it sort of started to make sense the last time when I started, like, uh, highlighting shit and all that. Oh, my God. It was rough as fuck. Bill was... Bill, for everything about him, he was smart. I think he was fairly well researched in history. And, you know, maybe he was right about everything. Who knows? He's like the Simpsons. Except for Stanton Freeman. Stanton Freeman's a badass. (laughs) Well, and... We didn't get into this one, but he talks a lot of shit about Art Bell. Fuck him. You don't talk shit about Art Bell oh, or Stan Friedman. Like two two gods on the on the Mount Olympus of huge dicks. Or Whitley Strieber. You don't talk any shit about. I mean, those how, three. how could you have a bad thing to say about any of those guys? Yeah, or Velveeta Mac and Cheese. Well, shells and don't Vel- ever talk Vel- shit about Velveeta it. Shells and cheese are superior to craft. The only person Bill didn't talk shit about that I wish he would have, he, he never mentioned, was Phil Schneider. He do Schneider. I was hoping, you know, they both lost limbs. <laughs> so I was hoping they had maybe some some uh, common grounds there. <laughs> One can't run, the other can't pick his ear. We're best friends. Besties. One has two left feet. <laughs> well, nope. Well, not, not at the end. end. Sorry, well, yeah. One can carry the other, and the other can pick the other's ear. They complement each other. They're like yin and yang. After Bill was shot, the officers were like, hey, grab his fake leg. We're going to do shots out oh, of it. Jesus. I've done that before. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's why I said it. I think it was at my wedding, wasn't it? a fake it? leg? Yep. I yeah. missed that. You don't remember well, that? I, mean, I put a beer can in Uncle Mike's leg. There might have been reason why I don't remember that, but... Yeah. We all got drunk for a reason at TJ's wedding, so. Yeah. I didn't, unfortunately. That was before I hit myself in the face of the chair. <laughs> well, and I had people come up to me and say, is he gay? Just by your dancing, I'm like, no, it's straighter than an arrow. I'm just a really good dancer. Yeah. If the arrow looked like a boomerang. Yeah, that arrow is <laughs> so- curvy. Anyways, guys, thanks for listening. Um, like I said, we'll be back next Check week. Out Hanging with Mr. Cooper uh, reruns <laughs> from AMC. And don't forget to listen to Alice Cooper's latest album. Oh, I mean, hey, take any chance you can to listen to Alice Cooper. And also, we don't pedal shit on this 
podcast. So I want to take a minute to say, please leave us a review. I know we have a decent amount of listeners now. Go to iTunes, go to Spotify. I mean, if you want to leave us a bad review, I don't give a fuck. Just leave us a review. Yeah, just tell us. So these guys are. Tell us you'd rather be listening, or tell us you'd rather be watching reruns from the 90s classic Hanging with Mr. Cooper instead of listening Mm -hmm. to us talk about another Mr. Cooper or any Mr. Cooper. And if you want to, copy off another guy and tell us that time travel is gay. Yeah. TJ, you kind of look like Elmo's dad. Thank you. (laughs) Because I'm wearing a red shirt. (laughs) Elmo's dad, doesn't he have a soul patch? And like, I don't know, sorry. Yeah, Yeah, he does. Yeah, he's got a big... I've never seen his dad. Does I watch a lot of we watch, watch Elmo yeah, all fucking day. Yeah, I watch El- a lot of Elmo. Lily loves Elmo. Yeah, my kid. When I have a kid, he ain't gonna be watching that liberal shit. PBS, the government funded Muppet. Fuck yeah, dude! I'm gonna show him Bill Cooper. <laughs> now or the time he's gonna be like, ah! Right. He won't be raising his hand like that. I'm see sorry. that toilet right there? That's Bill Cooper's visitor center. Mm-hmm. Grab a pamphlet. So, but no, please leave us a review, follow us, and we love you guys. Yep. We really yep. do. Yep. Appreciate Hope it. you had fun. Or if you didn't, try to have more fun. Yes. In the words of Bill Cooper, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Cowards. <laughs> Cowards are the Send stirred. me hemorrhoid cream. <laughs> my, butt, my butthole hurts. Eat my chickens. Don't care.